Hey everyone, Adam Morton here. It has been a while since our last episode. I apologize. We are working on getting more short stories, so please stay tuned. And to all those who have taken time out of their day to post a review, I just want to say thank you so much. It really helps. I have been getting a consistent listener base for the past year and a half now, and it's thanks to those of you who support me. Well, right now it's October. It's my favorite time of the year. The leaves turn brown. The hot summer air gets cool, and most importantly, it's Halloween. This year, I decided to read a short story from my good friend, Bo Batterson. He's a writer and someone I frequently work and hang out with when I make movies. Real quick, I'd just like to let everyone know that this is a Halloween story. If you don't like Halloween stories or spooky stories, it's best to skip past this episode. We'll have new episodes out for you shortly. If you're still not sure, Ask your parent and see what they think. So sit back, get comfy, and enjoy Bugmouth, a short, spooky tale written by Bo Batterson and read by me, Adam Morton. This is Fantastic Tales. Billy always tried not to stand out. After all, sixth grade was hard enough without making a spectacle of yourself. He was never the first kid in the classroom, nor was he the last. He specifically wore clothes the same shade of beige as the walls, just to go unnoticed. And he never ever tried to speak in class, except for one day, the day they were studying entomology, the science of bugs. Bill had always been fascinated by all types of bugs, insects, arachnids, it didn't matter. If it could fly, awesome. If it slithered around on a hundred little legs, that was cool too. Some nights when Billy was in bed, he would wrap himself in his blanket so tightly that he could barely move. He'd go to sleep pretending he was in a cocoon and dream that when he'd awake, he'd be a beautiful butterfly. So when Mr. Geller, Billy's science teacher, began asking questions about bugs, Billy could not help himself. Does anyone know where a grasshopper's ears are located? The teacher asked, and Billy's hand shot right up. On their bellies! That's right, Billy. Now, does anyone know how a housefly senses taste? And again, Billy immediately raised his hand. With their feet! Also right. Okay, who can tell me what is the largest arachnid in the United States? This time, when Billy raised his hand, Mr. Geller motioned for him to put it down. Let's give someone else a turn. Billy lowered his hand and slinked down into his chair. He knew he wasn't in trouble, but he could still feel his face turning various shades of red. A hefty voice came booming from the back of the room. Yeah, give someone else a chance. Colin Toadloafer was hands down, no doubt about it the largest sixth grader in the history of Spirit Hollow Middle School. He'd been held back three times, all for mysterious purposes. Some people say it was because he kept committing crimes and going to juvenile detention. Other people say he wasn't really a student, but an undercover secret agent. All Billy knew was that it was unnatural for a sixth grader to have a mustache as impressive as Colin Toadloafer's. Regardless of his backstory, Mr. Geller was not pleased with Colin's outburst. He removed his horn-rimmed glasses and rubbed the bridge of his nose, as if he were trying to ward off a headache. Okay, Colin, do you know the largest arachnid in the United States? 
The entire class turned to Colin, holding their breath in anticipation. They knew Colin wouldn't be able to answer. It was like waiting to see a car crash. Billy began squirming in his seat. The longer Colin took to answer, the more it made Billy wriggle. He listened to Colin's ums and uhs, all the while feeling like a piece of bread in a toaster, getting hotter and hotter until it would pop. He covered his mouth with his hands, tried not to wriggle out of his seat, but he just couldn't take it anymore. Carolina wolf spider, Billy shouted. It's the Carolina wolf spider. The females get to be like 35 millimeters long. Come on, man, this is basic bug stuff. The entire class erupted with laughter and Billy knew he had made a big mistake. As Mr. Geller attempted to quiet the class and move on with the lecture, Billy could feel Colin's gaze burning a hole in the back of his head. Billy had caused a comical scene at the expense of the biggest kid in the sixth grade, and he was going to pay for it. After school, Billy sat under a tree in front of the building reading a book on the migration patterns of locusts. The Spirit Hollow Middle School was surrounded by woods, and there wasn't any shortage of good shade trees. Billy's parents often worked late, and he hated going home to an empty house. Under the tree near the woods, Billy was making friends. Today, just out of arm's reach, Billy was joined by a small green grasshopper. Hey, little guy, Billy said to the bug. Did you come all the way here from the woods? He wanted to pick up the grasshopper, but he was nervous that if he moved too quickly, he might startle him. Billy slowly reached out his arm, and the little green bug took a small hop into his hand. This is amazing, Billy thought. But then a shadow loomed over Billy's head. A shadow in the shape of a size 12 sneaker. Billy could hear the crunch as Colin Toadloafer's monstrous foot crushed the grasshopper as he pinned Billy's hand to the ground. Oops, did something happen to your friend? Colin mocked as he twisted his foot, grinding Billy's hand into the dirt. Billy tried not to scream, but his hand felt like it was on fire. Where's that smart mouth now, bug boy? Colin taunted. Billy tried to pry his hand free, but Colin was too big, too heavy. He briefly considered chewing his arm off to get free. Luckily, he was saved by the sound of the honking of a beat-up green pickup truck. Hey, Mr. Geller said from the driver's seat. What's going on here? Colin knew better than to mess with the teacher. Probably because he'd end up back in juvie, or because it would blow his cover with the CIA. He took his foot off Billy's hand and began walking home. Mr. Geller offered to give Billy a ride home, which Billy quickly accepted. Part of him was worried that Colin was hiding somewhere, just waiting for all the teachers to leave. The science teacher had what felt like a hundred questions, but Billy didn't have any answers. All he wanted was to be left alone. Maybe some ice for his hand, too. Once they reached Billy's home, Mr. Geller took one last shot at helping his student. Billy, your whole life you're going to have to deal with people like Colin. What matters is how you react to them. If you want to beat a bully, you have to be smarter than them, more creative. Show them that what they say doesn't bother you. But whatever you do, and this is the most important, don't let them change who you are. Billy looked down at his throbbing hand. He was still holding what remained of the grasshopper. That night, 
Billy wrapped himself into his cocoon. He didn't care what he turned into. He just wanted to be bigger than Colin Toad Loafer. The next day at school, Billy did everything he could think of to not get noticed. He wasn't going to raise his hand, he wasn't going to make a sound, and he definitely wasn't going to talk about bugs. He had successfully made it to lunchtime undetected and he considered taking his food to the bathroom stall to eat. However, a teacher had caught him doing that once before and warned him against it. Apparently it's some kind of health and safety rule and violating it would get the school in trouble. To which Billy wondered, if so many kids were trying to eat their lunch in the bathroom that they had to make an official rule, why didn't they just try to make the cafeteria a more pleasant place to eat? But he figured asking that question would cause more problems than it would solve. So Billy ate his sack lunch in the cafeteria. He kept to himself and made sure every bite he took was as quiet as possible. But not everyone in the room was being so discreet. Colin was making his way through the cafeteria, slapping each and every table. Every thwack of his big meaty hands made the kids at the table jump. The tired old lunchroom monitor just shook her head, exasperated with another one of Colin's daily antics. As Colin got closer, Billy could see Colin was scooping something off the tables after each thwack. Three tables away, thwack, scoop. Two tables away, thwack, scoop. One table away, thwack, scoop. And then Colin was at Billy's table, hovering above him. He cleared his throat before addressing the student body. Hey everyone, Colin yelled. Billy's having friends for lunch. The entire cafeteria turned and looked. Billy wanted to melt into the floor. Colin then held out his large beefy hand and proceeded to drop six dead flies onto Billy's lunch. Billy could hear the giggles and some ooze, but mostly throaty har har har's coming from the bully behind him. Billy could feel his heart beating in his brain. He could feel the blood rushing through his fingers. He could feel eyes all over him. So many eyes. He wanted them to look away. Wanted Colin to go away. Wanted to be alone. If you want to beat a bully, you have to be smarter than them, Mr. Geller had said. Billy picked up one of the dead flies, inspected it closely. Musca domestica, a common housefly. More creative. Billy got up from the table, holding the dead fly in his hand. He stood on his chair so he could look Colin dead in his eyes. Show them that what they say doesn't bother you. Billy popped the fly into his mouth and swallowed. And the cafeteria went silent. But only for a moment. What followed next was a deafening roar. Laughter, disgust, every spectrum of emotion. Some kids could not believe what they had seen. Others turned away in horror. The tired old lunch lady fainted, and Becky Baumgarter barfed onto Shelly Schumer's shoes. And Colin Toadloafer smiled. Billy had wanted him to run away, and all he did was smile. A big, toothy grin right below a luxurious brown mustache. I can't believe you did that, he laughed. What are you, a spider? Billy stepped down from his chair. The regret was immediate. Bugmouth thinks he's a spider, Colin continued. Bugmouth, Bugmouth and the entire cafeteria joined in. Bug mouth! Bug mouth! In unison, 
the whole sixth grade, except for Becky Baumgartner and Shelley Schumer, who are having their own issues. Bug mouth. Billy didn't want Colin to see him cry. He gave the big moose a shove as he ran past him out of the cafeteria, but he could still hear the chants of Bugmouth as he ran out of school into the woods. The air grew crisp once the sun went down. Billy could hear people looking for him, but it wasn't enough to make him come out from his hiding spot below the crooked birch tree next to the creek. He was pretty sure one of the voices belonged to Mr. Geller, but his science teacher was the last person he wanted to see. I did just what you told me, he thought, and it just made things worse. But when Billy fell his lowest, something shimmery caught his eye. At first, he thought it was a strand of silver hair glowing in the moonlight. But then he saw what was at the end of it. A large golden spider. I really wish I was a spider. Then Colin would leave me alone. They'd all leave me alone, he thought. The golden spider seemed to glide through the air over to Billy's feet. Billy had never seen this type of spider before, with golden hairs and enchanting blue eyes. Its eight legs moved with a grace unlike other arachnids. This was no ordinary spider. When it looked up at Billy, they had an instant connection, like they had always been together. And then Billy heard a voice in his head. Do you mean it? It whispered. Do you really want to be a spider? Billy crawled down to the ground, his hands and knees digging into the mud. Yes, he said, more than anything I've ever wanted in the whole world. Do you promise to be a good spider or else? I prop before Billy could finish his sentence, the golden spider had leapt on him. It began spinning its web around Billy, tighter and tighter, covering every inch of him. Billy tried to squirm free, but the spider only wrapped him more tightly. He tried to scream, but the spider webbed his mouth shut. As the webbing around him grew thicker, and the light in the woods grew darker, Billy wondered, What have I done? Billy woke the following day in his bedroom, a vicious buzzing noise echoing in his head. The night before was a blur. He had no idea how he had gotten back to his room. Maybe the horrible events of yesterday had all been a bad dream. But he wished that obnoxious buzzing sound would stop. Wait. That horrendous buzzing sound wasn't in his head. It was his alarm clock. He was late for school. Billy leapt out of the bed with so much force that he nearly broke the bed frame. In one leap, he made it all the way across the room to his closet. He quickly got dressed, not thinking twice about what he would wear. Billy's stomach twisted. He was so hungry he could eat a million flies. But there was no time for breakfast. He had missed the bus, so he'd have to run the mile and a half to school. He moved so swiftly he was practically floating, even when he reached the building. Despite his speed, his feet were so delicate on the school's hard tile flooring that they didn't make a sound. He only stopped when he reached his locker and saw the words scribbled on it in black marker. Bug mouth. With little flies swirling about. Yesterday in the cafeteria was not a bad dream. Was the night in the woods real too? Billy tried to rub the graffiti off his locker with his sleeve. 
but it was no use. Bugmouth wasn't going anywhere. Whoever did this used permanent ink. Whoever did it? Billy knew who did it. The person who did it was slowly creeping up behind him, and he smelled like salami. Ha ha ha! Billy turned around to see Colin standing over him, still holding the marker. That harsh, deep chortle and stupid Weasley mustache made him look like a seal. What, no smart comment? Colin asked. Or are you just going to run away and cry? No, not this time. Billy blinked and the world went red. It's like his vision of the entire world changed and he could see with eight eyes. He began to move on instinct, as if he were no longer in control of his body. Billy opened his mouth, and his jaw unclicked from his head. A thick, silver, silky goo came forth from the back of Billy's throat. It splattered across Colin's eyes, sending him tumbling backward into the steel lockers. Colin cried out, first in surprise, but then in horror. He tugged at the goo, but couldn't remove it. It was blinding him. Billy opened his mouth again, and more came out. Now it was a long rope, thick and consistent like a magician pulling handkerchiefs from his sleeve. The sticky substance plastered Colin against the lockers, encasing him until he could not move, until he could barely breathe. And Billy smiled. No one will ever pick on me again, he thought. As he stared at Colin, strung up on the lockers, Billy began to think back on all the times the world had made him feel small. Like when Shelly Schumer laughed out loud at his new haircut. Or when Mrs. Putz kicked him out of the spelling bee for not capitalizing the O in Olympics. Or how the guy at the movie theater wouldn't let him into a PG-13 movie without a parent or a guardian. How three years ago, a cocker spaniel named Tacos had chased him home from school. How Mr. Geller told me to eat a fly and made everyone laugh at me. They were all going to pay. No one was going to laugh at Bugmouth ever again. He started at Shelly Schumer, waited for her to exit the school, then webbed her ponytail to the flagpole. The school custodian had to cut her hair to get her free. Next was Mrs. Putz. He webbed her car door shut, with her still inside. Then he went to the movie theater. He crawled in through a vent on the roof and covered every projector with his silver goo. By then, the day was getting late, and the rumble in his stomach was growing louder and louder. Billy still hadn't eaten, and he was growing hungrier by the moment. He thought to himself, tacos sound tasty. His hunger satisfied, Billy decided to return home. He was surprised to see his small home lit up by flashing red and blue lights. He could see Mr. Geller standing on the front porch with Sheriff Whale and several other members of Spirit Hollow's law enforcement lurking about the property. Mr. Geller looked sad. Mad, maybe, definitely tired. When he first saw Billy sauntering up to the house, the teacher began to rush over to him. But something stopped him. Billy, he asked, please stay where you are. Your parents are out looking for you. Just stay still. Billy could feel the hairs on the back of his neck begin to stand. Suddenly, all the officers turned their attention to him. Billy could taste their fear. Some even raised their weapons, but they were all whispering the same thing. Bug mouth. Mr. Geller put his hand out towards Billy and moved towards him with caution. Billy wondered if his teacher was also afraid of his newfound power, just like all the others. 
As Mr. Geller got closer, Billy could see for the first time what everyone else saw. He could see his reflection in the science teacher's glasses. Billy had grown six new eyes across his forehead and a pair of black fang-like pedipalps protruded from his cheeks. Billy was becoming a spider. Billy wanted to cry, wanted to scream. He tried to beg anyone and everyone for help, but the words just weren't coming out. Billy, calm down. I can't understand you. It was then Billy realized that although he was speaking, he wasn't using words. It was a clicking sound, a chattering, something that resembled language. If only someone knew how to speak spider. Billy's sides began to itch. He could feel something clawing at him, like something was burning him from the inside. He clutched at his ribs, the pain so intense that it made him drop to his knees. Relief finally came when he heard what sounded like a crack of thunder, but that relief only lasted a moment before he realized that four long, hairy spider legs had burst forth from the sides of his torso. Mr. Geller rushed to his side, but Billy panicked and shoved his teacher to the ground with his newly acquired appendages. One of the sheriff's deputies fired his gun at Billy, but only hit the dirt. Sheriff Whale yelled at his men to hold their fire, but Billy wouldn't stick around to see if they'd listen. He shot a ball of webbing at the officer who had fired at him, pinning the man's hand and gun to the sheriff's truck. Billy, wait, he heard his teacher plead, but Billy wouldn't listen. He dropped to his hands and knees, all eight of them, and scuttled off into the woods. Night fell, and Billy once again found himself in the woods. The only light in the dark forest came from the full moon above him. Where are you? He questioned desperately. Where is that golden spider? He tried to cry out for the magical arachnid, but all that came out was clicks. And then came the pops. As his right arm cracked and twisted as it morphed into another spider leg. Pop, pop. As the left arm followed. Pop, 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 pop. Billy's legs no longer resembled those of a human. They too changed form. I don't want this, he thought. Please take it away. I'm not Bugmouth. I'm not a monster. Something shimmery in the moonlight caught Billy's attention. Something shiny and golden. The golden spider had returned. Not a monster, you say? Billy wanted to squash that shiny little bug. You, you did this to me. We had a deal, Bugmouth. Don't call me that. You promised to be a good spider. You broke your promise. Billy began to shake. Please help me. I didn't mean to be mean. The golden spider crawled over towards Billy, gently brushing up against him. If you don't want to be a spider, all you have to do is fix what you have done before the sun rises. Billy was confused. He had done so many bad things. How could he possibly fix them all? Before he could ask, the golden spider was off in the wind. Billy replayed the events of the day in his head over and over, burying Colin in webs, sticking Shelly to the flagpole, trapping Mrs. Putz in her car, and poor tacos. Maybe Billy was a monster. Maybe Billy was Bugmouth. All he could do was think about how sorry he was, how he wanted to apologize to everyone. If only he could speak. When Billy was a little boy, he would draw pictures when he was sad. The smell of the crayons and the smooth, colorful lines they would make on the paper somehow made his heart feel calm. 
It made his mind feel clear and reminded him that no matter what darkness happened that day, he could bring his own brightness into the world. But he didn't have colors right now. He didn't even have fingers to hold the crayons. All he had was eight long spindly legs and webs. Webs, my webs, he thought. Billy began spinning his webs. All the webs in the past had been for force. He'd used them to attack, to hurt. He never thought to try and make something beautiful. He leaped from tree to tree, attaching thin silver threads, creating patterns and eventually letters. He started with a B, B for bug mouth, he thought. No, that's not my name. I-L-L-Y. Billy wrote his name in webbing, clear enough for anyone to read. This is how they will know. Billy started with Tacos' owner. He entered the home through the doggy door and left his apology webbed above the kitchen sink. Next was Mrs. Putz, who had been rescued from her car and could now be found asleep in her home, with a cup of tea resting on her nightstand. Billy webbed, I'm sorry, onto the ceiling above her bed, so she'd see it first thing after waking up. He found Shelly Schumer crying in her bathroom, gently stroking her newly cropped hair. He wrote her a note on the bathroom mirror and made sure to web in hearts and smiley faces that he knew would make her feel better. The sun would be rising shortly, and there was one person left still on Billy's list. The person he had been avoiding the most. The person he didn't really want to apologize to at all. Colin Toadloafer. After the school custodian had freed Colin from the web sarcophagus Billy had made for him, Colin had been taken to the Spirit Hollow Medical Center. He was kept there overnight for observation, in a room on the second floor with a conveniently opened window. When Billy crept in, daylight inching closer and closer, he perched himself on the ceiling to look down at his resting bully. He didn't look so big anymore. Unconscious with an IV dangling from his arm, even his mustache looked sad. He looked small insignificant, like a bug. Billy began writing his apology up in the corner of the room, but with every strand he made, every letter he wrote, he thought of every nasty thing Colin had ever done. Billy analyzed the message he had written, sorry, all in capital letters with an artfulness he knew Colin couldn't truly appreciate. How many people had Colin tormented over the years? And how many more would he bully once he had recovered? It didn't matter. Billy knew what the golden spider had said. He knew what was at stake. Once Billy had finished, he started clicking at Colin, chattering to get the large lad to wake up. Billy wanted to see Colin read his note. Colin eventually began to stir, his eyes still groggy when he saw the web in the corner of his room. He had to rub the sleep from his eyes to be able to read it. So... Sorry, it began. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Colin gasped as the large spider dropped from the ceiling on top of him. As daylight broke and the sunlight cascaded into the room, Bugmouth was satisfied with the choice he had made. His stomach was satisfied as well. The legend of Bugmouth has grown since that night. Some say he still lives out in the woods of Spirit Hollow. Others say he hides in the walls of the middle school, only coming out to feast on the bullies who pick on their smaller and weaker classmates. 
No one knows for sure. Not even Mr. Geller, who is often seen talking to various insects, asking if they've seen his former student. So the next time you see someone smaller than you, whether it's a spider or a sibling, be careful how you treat them. Bugmouth could be watching.